the first Sunday of Advent, in case you're disoriented, my best guess is that probably haven't been reminded of that recently. It's not the kind of thing that uh, somehow is pervasive in the culture in which I live and move and have my being, hardly anybody ever mentions that it's Advent. <clears throat> All I hear is holiday season and Christmas. I don't hear anything about Advent. Um, and so probably you haven't been greeted with Happy New Year. As you know, uh, the calendar for the liturgy is divided into seasons, Advent, Christmas, Epiphany, Lent, Easter, Pentecost. And so our calendar begins at Advent, and, and this is the new year, Advent. And Advent is a time of preparation for Christmas, and uh, people are so enamored with Christmas, they just can't wait. So they begin celebrating it now before Thanksgiving. Uh, there are several uh, pet peeves you know, that I hold uh, sacred. One of them is uh, the announcement of the holiday season and, and Christmas before Thanksgiving. Um, and I kind of drag that flag out and salute it every year. I feel like a prisoner of war who brings out uh, the flag that he held with him in encampment to remind himself and others uh, of how horrible things are in the secular prison. On the other hand, I don't really care very much uh, <laughs> as long as I have a place that I can have my pet peeve aired. <laughs> uh, second thing I would say about um, this, though, is that what we miss when we don't take advantage of an Advent season is a good psychological preparation, and that's the thing that I lament the most about Advent and its absence in secular society. Um, you remember the old tradition when nothing happened until Christmas Eve, and that's when the tree came out, and, and then we began to celebrate the 12 days of Christmas, and we had a good sense of anticipation, Advent expectation of the coming, and then we would celebrate Christmas for 12 days. Well, that's, I think, long gone. But what I want to do this morning for you is <clears throat> maybe be not the last bastion in the sense of over-inflation of our place or mind, but just another reminder of Advent and its spiritual and psychological implications, that we will tell again the story, retell the story of the coming of the Christ and the preparation by John the Baptist. It's important that we do so. That's our responsibility in community to do that. I'm reminded of the wonderful legend of the rabbis in a certain culture, that whenever the community was in great anxiety, whenever the community was in great pain, 
the rabbi in that generation would go to the sacred grove and through a ritual light the sacred fire and pray the sacred prayer. And in so doing, the word would spread throughout the community that the rabbi is in sacred place with sacred fire and sacred prayer. And the anxiety would be integrated within the community and it would take on power rather than remain destructive. Within the second generation, the tradition was passed on with the exception that somehow, as with tradition, the instructions for the lighting of the sacred fire were lost, and so the second generation rabbi would go to the sacred place, remind himself and ask forgiveness for the fact that he did not know any longer the ritual for the lighting of the sacred fire, and then he would pray the sacred prayer, and the word would spread through the community, and the anxiety which had been divisive would unite. And in a successive generation, as is with tradition, some had dropped away. And so the third generation rabbi no longer had with him the sacred prayer and lost the ritual for the lighting of the sacred fire, but he remembered the place. And so when anxiety uh, satiated the community and was overflowing in destructive ways, and the rabbi would go to the sacred place, lament by confession that he could not light the fire or pray the prayer, but he went to the place. And as with, with tradition, the time came when the rabbi no longer remembered the place. It had been lost. And so he records, Now when the burden fell on the successor, all he could do was sit, and he would sit in his chair and address God in this way, O oh Lord, I cannot light the fire, I do not know the prayer, even the sacred space is hidden from me. The best I can do is tell the story. This will have to do, O oh Lord. For in the telling of the story, each will have to find his own sacred place. And so, I am in a rich tradition of rabbis, shaman, sacerdotes, witch doctors, wise ones, to whom the mantle has fallen to tell the story. I beg your forgiveness that I cannot take you to the sacred place, and that I no longer hold the flint of the sacred fire. And the prayer somehow now must stand on the lips of the many. But I can tell the story. And in telling the story, you'll have to go to your own sacred place. And maybe it's important with the tradition of things as we are shaken down through history because there is a responsibility for us that we simply not 
uh, stand at the feet of the rabbi to hear the story, though that's a beginning and a place to begin. But that the story now must become our own story. When I consider the mystery of my birth, and when I stand before the overwhelming intimidation of nature with its grand scope of sky, with a canopy somehow enlightened by those enigmatic stars, and when I stand for the four seasons of the year, watch how much I have in common with the animals and how little they have in common with me. I'm intimidated about my place in all things, of how a hundred years from now uh, my memory will linger as a faint, fleeting family story. And to what sense is all of this? And <clears throat> to read the Word may not be enough. That I need more than I can conjure for myself, and yet simply reading the story is not enough. And so what do we do? True religion liberates the devotee into a reality that is larger than himself. The experience is never kept in order to make the recipient simply larger than others. The true religion. And now we move slowly, and maybe we cannot all go, and maybe none of us will arrive at the place where we begin to talk about a true religion, not a sentimental story, or not just simply rehearsal of word, but the experience of Advent. Because the place of true religion is to liberate, to make free, to open, to break the bonds of to liberate the devotee into a reality larger than we ourselves are. But the experience is never kept to make us larger than any other. And so what are the two messages of Advent for me? They are these. A breaking of old boundaries and birthing new things. Let's retell the story. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth with a message for a girl betrothed to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The girl's name was Mary. The angel went in and said to her, Greetings, most favored one. 
The Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by what he said and wondered what greeting this might mean. Then the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for God has been gracious to you. You shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall give him the name Jesus. He will be great. He will bear the title Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will be king over Israel forever. His reign shall never end. How can this be, said Mary? How can this be? A second Advent message is the wild one who stumbles out of the wilderness. His name was John. The Word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he went all over the Jordan Valley proclaiming a baptism and token of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of prophecies of Isaiah, a voice crying aloud in the wilderness, Prepare a way for the Lord. Clear a straight path for Him. Every ravine shall be filled in, and every mountain and hill leveled. The corners shall be straightened, and the rugged ways made smooth. And all mankind shall see God's deliverance. He said to the religious of his day, the deacons, the priests, the bishops and doctors of divinity, you brood of vipers. The Pharisees asked Jesus, When will the kingdom of God come? Jesus said, Well, you can't tell by observation when the kingdom of God comes. There will be no saying, Look, here it is. There will be no saying, Look, there it is. For in fact, the kingdom of God is among you. Or, in fact, the kingdom of God is within you. The Annunciation, the announcement of the divinity within humanity and the humanity within the divinity. Mary, there will be planted within you God. And this God will grow like any other child within a womb, and yet within your very womb, this fruit will be the recreation of the fruit in the Garden of Eden. 
the fruit of your womb shall be holy. And this is a new creation. It's a new Genesis. It's a Christogenesis, a new world. Mary, there will be something born from you that has never been before. John got caught up probably by genetics into this crazy message. An absolutely wild, crazy message that an angel had appeared to Mary and the fruit of her womb was God. Messiah. God-bearer, Christopher. And so he stumbled out of the wilderness proclaiming that the old boundaries were to be broken, that something new was to be born. Now I deposit with you as the community storyteller that I can't take you to that sacred place and I cannot light the fire for you and I cannot pray your prayer, but I can tell you that story. And in so doing, you may go to your own sacred place, light your own fire, and pray your own prayer. The message of Advent is twofold. One, that something will be birthed which is new, which is of God. And two, once that happens, the old boundaries will be broken. No wonder. It's absolutely no wonder that the secular city who has as its sacred story Muzak would race past Advent to the sentimental story. Because if this story gets out, it stands to break all the traditions. And no wonder there is a egocentric, secular plot, unconscious as it is, And accusing, as it might be, of the religious of being paranoid, no wonder this word is suppressed. Because the Advent message is that something is going to be born, and it is of God, and when that happens, the boundaries are going to be broken. I just leave with you what's that, what are the implications of that for your own life? Jesus said, the kingdom of God, and that is the place to which, within which, God dwells, is among us or within us. 
And so the birth is within us and among us. And the birth has a purpose of a new genesis and breaking the boundaries. And one of the reasons that life treats us as it does and doesn't allow us to stay in one place, one sacred grove, one fire, one prayer, is because we must take that with us wherever it is that we are and make it our own story for my boundaries are not your boundaries and yours are not mine. And when I birth this year the God within me and the boundaries are broken and expanded and extended into a new history, they will be mine and it will be my story. And the retelling of this story will be integrated into my story that I have horrible news, horrifying news, terrible news, awful news, that unto you will be born something new. Advent is a time of expectation and awareness about what it is that will be delivered for us in this new year. It is a timorous time, a time of anxiety, of waiting and expectation, something has been planted within you and it will be birthed and when it is birthed it will break boundaries. That's good news. Let me remind you of the excruciating ecstatic pain of birth. Let me remind you once again that in order for something to be born, something has to die. I simply tell the story. You'll have to decide in your own time, in your own place, in your own sacred space, what it is that has to die. The time is coming, and it now is. The kingdom of God is begging to be born within you, in the midst of you. The whole rebirth of all creation is possible within you. For unto you will be born something new. And it will break the old patterns. It will break the old habits. It will break the old boundaries. Those things that have kept us stuck in one place when we know that there is something within us that is just dying to move one tentative step forward into the land in which we have been called, yet we've been too afraid to move. I don't know what those metaphors mean for you. They speak geographical, but they really are spiritual. And so I retell the story that the angel has appeared and the Annunciation is here. Unto you, something of God will be born. How can this be? And it'll come out of a wild place. And it'll break the old boundary. Whatever wineskin that you've had holding it thus far will be broken. Or the old wineskin won't hold this new wine. 
And don't forget that whatever this is that is growing within you will break something that has kept it from growing in the past. It would be much easier, and perhaps we will, maybe I too, this story scares me so much that I find myself already backing off from it. Wanting to wish you a happy holiday. Wanting to croon with Bing Crosby that I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Because this is scary business. It's death business. Let us romanticize the story Let's not deal with the reality of how the water will be broken before the birth comes. And that's Genesis water. That's the Red Sea water. That's the Jordan River water. That's your embryonic water. That's creation's evolutionary water, all of which must be broken and crossed, and there will be those who drown. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, but I remind you that something is growing in you that's begging for birth. And though birth is romantic in reflection, it is an excruciating pain. And it feels like death because it is. And I remind you that that wonderful Madonna and child was a blood-smeared, bawling baby. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas just like the ones I used to know because I'm so afraid of the one I'm called to in the future. Any song, story, or religion that wants to take you back is the one who knows what it's going to cost to go forward. I just am here to tell the story. You'll have to decide, now that it's been announced, the Annunciation is here, and now that you're aware of what John the Baptist says the cost will be, then you have awaiting you your own sacred grove, your own finite flint and your own words. It will be an interesting season to see if anything's born. Can you bear it? Amen.